0: now for the show reflecting on classic radio hollywood 360 with your host carl lamar he was like a god walking amongst mere mortals he had a voice that could make a wolverine purr, and suits so fine they made sinatra look like a hobo is your place carl yeah what do you think really it's really
1: awful I have a lot of things that are on order, you know, credit trouble.
2: Pay more attention to your schoolwork and listen to the radio. You always listen to the radio. It's different. Our lives are
3: ruined already. The The Whistler.
0: will self-destruct in
3: five seconds. Hello, everyone. I'm Carl Amari, and this is Hollywood 360, the radio show that presents the best in classic radio. This hour on Hollywood 360, I'll present the conclusion to Faber, McGee, and Molly starring Jim and Marion Jordan from 1947. Then I'll present that quirky quiz series, It Pays to be Ignorant, from 1944. With me, as always, is my co-host, Lisa wolf what's up lisa hey carl does it pay to be ignorant i don't I, know i don't know but i like that title either it pays way pays to be ignorant it's a captivating title yeah well you hear it it's very funny all right well last time we began listening to fibber mcgee and molly let's go back to october 7th 1947 for the conclusion to the football game anniversary on fibber mcgee and molly
1: Okay, men, I says, we'll give them the old shoestring play. That's very logical. I don't know anyone with older shoestrings than yours. (laughs) Well, sir, after the next play, I drifted over to the sidelines and made like I was tying my shoestrings. The opposition team never noticed me. The ball went into play. The captain snaps me a long pass. I leaps into the air, grabs the ball, and takes off for the goal line.
4: Like a bullet.
1: So, what happened, if anything? I got a bad break, Duck. I was so excited I'd accidentally tied my shoestrings together. (laughs) The first step I took, I went neck over elbow, and by the time I stopped bouncing, I was clear out in the parking lot. They wouldn't let me back in without a ticket, so I grabbed a taxi and went home.
4: He was the talk of the town for three weeks after that, Doctor, and I must say you never heard such language.
1: Yes, it's always the little cusses that inspire the big cusses. I remember one time when... I...
4: That's probably for you, Doctor.
1: Probably. I have my office nurse phone me every hour wherever I am. Gets me out of some very dull parties. Excuse me. Hello, Dr. Gamble speaking. Who? The hospital? Oh, I'm sorry to hear it. I didn't foresee anything like that. I, uh... I'll be right over. Yes, goodbye.
4: Bad news, doctor?
1: I'm afraid so. We just lost a patient. Oh. Oh, my gosh, Doc, that's too bad. What happened? He got well. But... (laughs) the breaks of the game, kids. See you later.
4: a sweet old character.
1: He's old and he's a character, but hey, what time is it?
4: About half past. Why?
1: Well, that delivery I was expecting. You—you're you, surprised, you know. I was just
0: thinking that. Hello, was... Molly. Hi, pal. Hello,
4: Mister Wilcox. Hi,
0: Junior. Come on in and wish us a happy anniversary. Anniversary? Well, congratulations. How long have you been married?
4: What that got to do with it?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I thought you said this was your anniversary. Well,
4: it is. Himself here took me to my first football game, October seventh, nineteen seventeen. Isn't he wonderful? I'll bet you don't remember the first big date you
0: ever had, Mr. Wilcox. Oh, yes, I do. It was 1916 on Friday the 12th at 3.22 in the afternoon in Omaha. Wow. I remember the exact time because I had just put my wristwatch back in my pocket. Strap busted? No, but wristwatches were new then for men, and I didn't want Frida to think I was a sissy. Even though I was the best wrestler in Benson High School. Who said so? Frida and the other girls.
1: <laughs> anyway... <laughs>
0: Anyway, there we were in the parlor dancing to the radio. Hey,
1: now well, well, wait a minute. They didn't
0: have radios in nineteen sixteen. No, Frida did. Her father was rich. Oh. Well, anyway, it was awfully quiet in the house, and I was afraid Frida would try to kiss me. Mm-hmm. You see, she was a vamp. A what, Junior? A vamp. We called them vamps then. Oh. I was a sheet. Oh. Anyway, I said, Where's your mother today, Frida? And she said, Mama's out scrubbing the kitchen floor. Scrubbing, I said. You mean she doesn't know about Johnson's glow coat? Did they have glow coat in
4: 1916?
0: Don't change the subject, Molly. Well, I dropped Frida like a hot potato, and don't think she wasn't. <laughs> And I dashed out into the kitchen and there was Frida's mother on her knees scrubbing the linoleum.
5: How horrible.
0: It's the last, last half of the ninth, folks. No scores yet and the base is loaded. Wilcox on the mound,
1: he's winding up, and here comes the pitch. Well, for fifteen minutes I stood...
0: <laughs> I stood there telling Frida's mother about Johnson's self-polishing glow coat. How it's so easy to use. How you just pour a little out and spread it around, let it dry in twenty minutes or less to a brilliant protective gloss. How it shines as it dries, with no rubbing or buffing. How it brings out the beauty and color of the linoleum and makes spilled things so easy to wipe up.
4: I bet she was really grateful, Mr. Wilcox. Nope,
0: she told me to mind my own business and chased me out of the house. But Frida told me later that she always used glow coat after that. Oh, then you did see Frida again. Yes, yes, when I was in uniform. She came to the station to see me off.
4: In uniform? I were your Navy, Mr. Wilcox.
0: Scoutmaster, I was taking a bunch of kids to camp. <laughs>
5: well, happy anniversary, folks.
1: Hey, I got an idea, Molly. While we're waiting for him to deliver that little surprise, why don't we duck downtown to a movie?
4: Well, it seems a little extravagant, but we might as well spend our money while a dollar is still worth 15 cents. (laughs) Uh, what's showing at the Bijou?
1: That's what I want to find out. Mother wore tights is playing there.
4: Oh, all right. (laughs) I'll be with you just as soon as I put on my face and get my hat.
1: Okay, Tootsie. Ah, there goes a good kid. And does she ever love surprises? And am I ever full of them? <laughs> You'd think she'd learn after a while that none of them ever amount to much, but no, she's always... Jerry. Come in, come in, come in. Hi, mister. Oh, hi, teeny. <laughs> well, I'm glad to see you, but we were just going out. Mrs. McGee and I are going to a movie.
6: Oh, uh, well, there's a dandy one at the princess, mister. It's Sail, Bad the Sinner, and it's all in ticklish color, and they hey, see hey, it...
1: Hey, hey. <laughs> Wait a minute. Hmm? It's not Bad the Sinner. It's Sinbad the Sailor.
6: Okay. Anyway, it's a dandy picture, I bet you. I and Willie Toops went to it. No,
1: no, no. Willie Toops and I went to it. When? Huh?
6: When did you and Willie go to it? <laughs> he said he hadn't seen it before. I when... didn't
1: go with Willie Toops. I was merely correcting your grammar. You said I and Willie Toops, and that's incorrect. It's Willie Toops and I. <laughs> First person singular takes the object in the possessive tense if the participle is part of the predicate. You understand?
6: Oh. <laughs> no. <laughs> but anyway, it was a peachy picture, I betcha. It was, eh? Yeah, Willie and I. Hmm?
1: I said it was, eh? What's what? A good picture. Where? At the princess, the one you and Willie went to. I know it. Well.
6: That's the same one you and Willie went to.
1: I didn't go to the picture with Willie.
6: You did too, I bet you. You said you and Willie went to see Sailbad the Sinner. I
1: didn't say any such a thing. I never said... I never saw Sailbad the Sinner. And if I had, I... If I had, I wouldn't have gone with Willie Toops. I think he's a dreadful little pest.
6: Please, Mr. McGee. Well... You are speaking of the man I love. <laughs> I and Willie are engaged.
1: There you go again, sis. You mean Willie and I are? In... No, no, no. That would be. <laughs>
6: <laughs> sure. <laughs> he gave me an engagement ring too, I betcha. See? Oh,
1: say, mm-hmm. that's a beautiful ring, teeny.
6: Sure it is, I betcha. Mm. It's pure silver.
1: Really? Pure silver?
6: Mm-hmm. Sure. Mm-hmm. He got it in a box of cracker jack. <laughs> He said if the prize was a whistle, we'd play Cops and Robbers. And if it was a ring, we'd get engaged. And it was a ring, and boy, was Willie ever burned up. (laughs) (laughs) Sure, he wanted to play Cops and Robbers. (laughs) Goodbye now. Goodbye.
1: I hear that Freedom Train is coming to Whistle Vista, Molly. That's something I want to see.
4: Oh, me too, McGee. Imagine seeing the original Declaration of Independence and the Constitution and everything. Yeah.
1: It's kind of easy to forget the things that made this a great country and sort of take things for granted.
4: Oh, isn't the Freedom Train a wonderful name for it?
1: Yeah. I just hope they watch the danger signals and keep it on the right track.
4: Well, the crew is made up of people like you and me, dearie, so it's up to us. I enjoyed that picture, McGee, that crossfire. Yeah. Isn't that Bob Ryan wonderful?
1: Oh, he's okay if you like that type. Tall, handsome, curly-haired, rugged, and built like an athlete.
4: <laughs> oh, he's such a fine actor, too. He had me simply scared to death.
1: Oh, my gosh, I could have played that role just as well myself. I had all his talent. <laughs> just because he... Oh, hey, look who's coming. It's that Williams guy.
4: Williams? Yeah. Who's well, the man Dr. Gamble introduced us to in the bank. Yeah. I thought he was a very pleasant... Ah, good day, Mr. Williams.
1: What? Oh. Oh, how do you do, Mrs. McCabe? McGee is the name, Williams, remember? We met you in the bank with Doc Gamble the other day.
7: Oh. Oh, yes, yes, McGee. <laughs> Lovely day, isn't it? Yeah. Except that it's a little cool. Although at this time of year, I suppose we must expect a little cool weather. Except that we sometimes get quite a hot spell during our Indian summer. <laughs>
5: oh. Oh, yeah.
7: Pardon me for mentioning Indian summer. I didn't intend to inject a racial note into the discussion.
4: Well, that's quite all right, Mr. Williams. We're not Indians. <laughs>
1: no. not American Indians anyway. I'm more of an East Indian. Spent several years in Indochina. Used to travel through the jungle barefooted buying lumber. Bought a lot of teak wood from a Chinese fellow named Chan. The natives all called me the Barefoot Boy with Teak of Chan. you get it, Williams? Cheek of tan? Peak of chan? It's a play on words involving a pun on the word... Hey,
5: funny, it. McGee.
1: Oh, it nice. <laughs> My gosh, I lay awake for two hours last night working on that. Mm. <laughs> I rather enjoyed it myself. Well, thanks. I agree that a pun
7: is sometimes the lowest form of humor, but on the other hand, a clever play on words I find rather amusing. Yeah? In other terms, while I detest puns, I sometimes like them very much.
4: <laughs> yes, I uh, see. You live in Wistful Vista, Mr. Williams?
7: Yes, yes, I do, Mrs. McGee. That is, I say I do, although to be strictly truthful, I live just outside of town. I suppose paying taxes here makes me a resident, but on the other hand, I consider myself, by reason of being a suburbanite, not a city dweller. (laughs) You sure hate to commit yourself,
1: don't you, son? (laughs)
7: You in business here? Well, you might say I am. And again, I'd hardly call it being in business. I see. <laughs> I, uh, I suppose I might be called a professional man. Although some people might find technical objections to the term, I work for the government. In a way. Oh. <laughs> but more strictly speaking, I am a local employee. Uh,
4: doing what, may we ask?
7: Oh, certainly. I am a meteorologist. Otherwise known as the weatherman.
5: Oh.
7: Well, nice to have seen you again. Good day. Probably.
1: weather, man. no wonder he won't give you a positive tr- statement. Oh, well, <laughs> I suppose you he can't help.
4: Oh look, McGee, we're almost home. Why don't you uh, tell me what my surprise is? Now you know I've been very patient and about spoiled
1: it. the whole build-up. Nothing doing, Snooky. Besides, it isn't too exciting. Just a little something I planned on doing for a long time. Oh hey, there's Wally Wimple. Hi, Wimple man. Hello there, Mr. Wimple.
8: Hello, folks. <laughs> Been out for school?
1: Been to a movie to kill time, Wimp. i cooked up a little surprise for my wife, and we didn't want to stick around home.
8: Well, now, isn't that a coincidence? I've cooked up a little surprise for Sweetie Face, too. Yeah? That's my big old wife.
4: Yes, we know. What
1: you got planned, Wimp? Something romantic?
8: (laughs) Well, I'd hardly say that, Mr. McGee. You see, this is Sweetie Face's birthday, so... I wrote a little poem for her. Oh. I'm going downtown now and have it printed
4: Well, isn't that sweet? I'd forgotten you were a poet, Mr. Wimple How does the poem go? Yes,
8: recite it, Wimple All righty It goes <clears throat> To Sweetie Face On her birthday You're 38 today, my dear And in the very prime of life As beautiful to me right now As when you first became my wife How darling That isn't all, Mrs. McGee It goes on <laughs> Like this I thought of buying you champagne, but gave that up because I'd hate to spend an evening running round with a great big loaded (laughs) thirty (laughs) eight.
1: Ah, great little couple, him and sweetie face. Well, come on, kiddo. Let's just go this way.
4: Well, why, McGee? Why must we go around through the alley? Well,
1: the delivery men may be in the driveway, and I don't want you to see the surprise till it's all set. Yes, but I don't know oh, why. Oh, the... look. There's a delivery truck in the driveway right now. My gosh, I timed this just about perfect. Come on, baby. Now,
4: but, dearie, that's a coal truck. That wouldn't be what. It... <laughs> McGee, what on earth are you.
1: <laughs> that's the surprise, kiddo. <laughs> Enough coal to last all winter. <laughs> And I remembered to order it before we even needed it. Pretty thoughtful, eh? Remember how I forgot to order coal last year and we almost froze to
4: death? (laughs) Yeah, but, McGee, now, (laughs) I can't... How much more, Joe? That's the last of it, Mr. McGee. Three truckloads. All to own winner.
1: Great. Great. Much obliged, Joe. Well, how's about it, Molly? Pretty swell idea,
4: huh? Uh, Yes, uh, but I... Well, if I'd only known what you... Oh, dear.
1: Hey, now, you're not disappointed, are you? Gee whiz, I said it wasn't much, but we needed it. No,
4: no, dearie, I'm not disappointed about that. It's only that, well, I had a little surprise for you, too, and now I can't show it to you.
1: You did? You can't? Why not? What was it?
4: Well, I know how you hate to shovel coal and fire the furnace. Uh Uh, So while you were fishing last week, I... Well, I I had a man come and change the furnace over to an oil burner. (laughs)
1: You did?
4: I'll show it to you next spring. It's buried under the coal now.
1: (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, it's nice to be back on NBC for Johnson's Wax for another season, and we hope you all enjoyed Fred Waring's wonderful music this summer.
4: We certainly did. You know, Fred's on a different night now, McGee, with a new show, Monday Nights for General Electric.
1: General Electric, eh? Well, I'll tune that in. I like to keep up with all the current
4: programs. (laughs) Didn't
1: you hear me, Molly? I says I like. Yeah,
4: I heard you, dearie. (laughs) I'm afraid I'm not the only one.
1: Oh, oh, you
0: mean the? Oh,
4: good night. Good night, all. This
0: is Harlow Wilcox speaking for the makers of Johnson's Wax Products for Home and Industry, inviting you all to be with us again next Tuesday night. Good night. NBC, the National Broadcasting Company.
3: And that's Faber, McGee, and Molly from October seventh, 1947. The football game anniversary starring Jim and Marian Jordan. And that was the McGee's 13th anniversary of their first football game together. The cast included Gail Gordon, Bill Thompson, and Arthur Q. Bryan, with Harlow Wilcox doing the announcing sponsored by Johnson's Wax as heard on NBC. Let's take a break. When we come back, it's It Pays to be Ignorant from 1944 right after these words.
0: More Hollywood 360 after these
3: important
9: messages.
3: Hi, Carl Amari here. During the month of January, you can digitally download The New Adventures of Michael Shane, Volume 1, featuring 12 detective episodes starring Jeff Chandler. The New Adventures of Michael Shane, Volume 1, is regularly priced at 19.99, but is yours for only $9.99 via digital download this month only. Also on sale during January at 50% off is Our Miss Brooks, Volume 1, starring Eve Arden in Twelve comedy episodes. Our Miss Brooks, Volume One, is regularly priced at 19.99, but is yours for only 9.99 via digital download this month only. Visit classicradiostore.com and digitally download the New Adventures of Michael Shane, Volume One, and Our Miss Brooks, Volume One, at half price. In February, these two collections will go back to full price, so don't miss them while they're on sale during January. Log on to classicradiostore.com to order. While you're there, download an episode of suspense. Absolutely free is our gift to you. ClassicRadioStore.com Now back to the best in classic radio. On Hollywood 360. Welcome back. I'm Carl Amari. This is Hollywood 360. And it's time now for It Pays to Be Ignorant. It was a comedy quiz show that aired on radio from 1942 all the way to 1951. It was a spoof on such authoritative panel series as the Quiz Kids and Information Please. The satirical board of experts who are dumber than you are and can prove it were Tom Howard as the Quiz Master with Harry McNaughton, Lulu McDonald, and George Sheldon. Each episode started with a joke, and then the conversation would go off on all kinds of tangents and insults at each other. There was a TV series from 1949 until 1951, and then it came back on television from 1973, until 1974 but we have a radio broadcast for you now from august 11th, 1944 it's time now for it pays to be ignorant
10: what
11: is an optimist a person who does a crossword puzzle in ink correct pay that man eight dollars what do they call the inhabitants of egypt people Correct. Pay that man nine dollars
5: because...
7: It pays to be ignorant. The zaniest of quiz shows, rebroadcast for the American Armed Forces and their allies, and featuring Al Trace's orchestra, Lula McConnell, Harry McNaughton, George Shelton, and the man who knows it pays to be ignorant, Tom Howard.
5: First,
11: the, uh, uh, expert is Mr. Harry McNaughton, that celebrated author who has just written a book entitled, How to Shop Without Annoying a Sales Girl, or The Hand is Quicker Than the Eye. But here he is, Mr. Harry
9: McNaughton. I have a poem, Mr. Howard. I see. How I long for the gay old 90s. I wish those days would come back. The girls of today don't wear girdles. Uh, things are getting pretty slack. <laughs> Little thing, I coppered up an old beer bottle. Okay, you yeah. should have left
5: it
11: there. Next, we have a woman who is flattered when you call her a flying fortress. She just loved to be twenty-nine. A woman who talks.
5: <laughs>
11: a woman who talks so much, her husband had lockjaw for two years before they knew it. Here she is in the flesh, and when I say flesh, I speak loosely. Miss Lolo McConnell. <laughs> Mr.
2: Howard. You're the second one that has insulted me today. Yeah? First, of all, our garbage collector.
11: How did he insult you, as if I care?
2: Well, I'd forgotten to put the garbage can out. So when I heard the check coming, I called him and said, Am I too late for the garbage? What did he say? He said, No, hop in. Hop in. <laughs> Charming fellow.
11: And you call that an insult?
2: Certainly. He knows I can't jump that
5: high. I see. <laughs>
2: You can at least
11: try. Next we have a man who dislikes to drink his coffee out of a cup because the spoon gets in his eye. A man who was so cheap, he'd steal the whistle from Whistler's mother. Here he is, Mr. George Shelton. Say, Mr. Howard, uh, can you tell me the time, the right time? The, the time? Well, about four minutes after nine. That does it.
10: That uh, That's the last straw. Now,
11: what's the matter?
10: All day long, ever since this morning, I've been asking people the time. Yes. And everybody tells me something
11: different. Uh-huh. I can't believe anybody else. Oh, no, no, I see. Uh, people are very two-faced. Oh, they are two-faced. Okay, let's get on here. Mr. Shelton, your head reminds me of the face on the barroom That's silly. The face on the barroom floor was a woman's face. I know. It's the floor your head reminds me of. Well, there they are, folks. Three living examples of the fact that life can be horrible. Now, here's the first question. Pay attention, see if we can get it. After what Central American Republic is the Panama Canal named?
9: Just a minute now. Let me think. Yeah, what with? Doesn't that, uh, Panama Canal, doesn't that join the Atlantic and the Pacific? Ah,
10: the Atlantic and Pacific is a tea company. No, wait a
5: minute. <laughs> Just a minute.
10: Oh, well, I ought to know I was thrown out of there for teas and coffee. For teas and coffee. That's terrible. Yeah, I had no grounds to say that. No, you had no grounds. No,
3: no. <laughs> and that's the first portion of It Pays to be Ignorant more after these words.
11: Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360.
3: Welcome back. I'm Carl Amari. To my right, the vivacious Lisa Wolf, And to my left, very talented Mike Costello. And look what I have in my hands here, folks. See this? I sure do. That is Remind Magazine. And it's the new and improved. Full color, right? Full color. It's way more pages. Let me see how many pages this is now. (laughs) 79 pages. It used to be 64 and uh, the inside before used to be black and white with a color outside but look every page full color now and uh, so it's new and improved and you can go check it out at RemindMagazine.com. You know what else they have in here now, Lisa and Mike? They have. A, we have a schedule of our programs Yeah, here we Hollywood do. We have our schedule of Hollywood 360. Right, but now a new feature in the magazine is a monthly retro TV guide. It's a monthly listing of your favorite retro TV shows. So, like, where can you find Gunsmoke? Where can you find, you know, all the great classic television shows? And they tell you what networks and what channels... Look at that—a whole, a whole retro classic TV guide. And uh, I'm holding the January issue of *Remind* in my hand. And there's a, a theme. 1968 is the theme. And on the cover is Laugh-In's Goldie Hawn. There's the Beatles. There's Nixon. There's "I Dream a Genie." Bonanza. Elvis Presley. This is a magazine that all of our listeners would really love to know about and to subscribe to. But uh, they're not going to do that if they don't check it out. You have to check it out. Just go to remindmagazine.com. It comes to your mailbox every month, and you will just really be entertained by this terrific magazine. It's our main sponsor here on Hollywood 360. So go to remindmagazine.com. All right, time now for the conclusion to It Pays to be Ignorant.
11: Mr. McNaughton is right. The Panama Canal joins the Atlantic and Pacific.
2: You mean they took out a partner?
11: What do you mean a partner?
2: Boy, that's going to be a long name. The Atlantic and Pacific and Panama Canal Tea Company. Oh, wait a minute. We're not talking about a tea company.
11: The Panama Canal joins the Atlantic and Pacific Ocean. Boy, that's some canal 3,000 miles long. No, no, no. Mr. Sheldon, the continent tapers down so that the Panama Canal is only about 40 miles wide. It runs through the, uh, the Isthmus of Panama. Yeah, of course. It runs through what? The Isthmus of Panama.
9: Isthmus, Isthmus. Why don't you try saying it with your teeth in? With your teeth in?
10: Well, he did. He said isthmus. You know, like that song, I'm Dreaming of a White Isthmus? Ah, (laughs) my name.
11: Find
5: out out
11: the country the Panama Canal is named after. The Panama Canal runs through this country and we pay them $250,000 a year rental.
2: My word. I knew rents had gone up, but that's terrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How many rooms has it got? Ah, please, man.
11: (laughs) I
10: say, tell me another thing. Does that include gas and electricity? No. Oh, it must. For that money, you should get
11: maid service. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Does it include meals? Look, look, the question is about
11: the Panama Canal. Now, let's straighten it out. You mean it's all bent? It's up. Look, it's... <laughs> the Panama Canal runs through a certain country. Mr. Howard, why be so evasive? What country
9: does it run through? Look,
11: that's what I'm trying to find out. That's the answer to the question. We pay this country $250,000 a year for the use of the land that the canal runs across. You
10: mean we pay that money for a vacant lot? Well, not exactly a vacant lot. Well, if it's not a vacant lot, there must be something on it. There is clear thinking. Thank you, Mr. McGorton. And if there is something on it, we want to know how many rooms. Zah. will you pay attention? The
11: canal is 40 miles long.
2: A house 40 miles long? I wouldn't like that.
11: Take all day to dust it. <laughs> I didn't say it was
10: a house. But you said it wasn't a vacant lot.
9: Well, maybe it's an office building. Look, no, now, now, it's a
10: canal. Uh, oh, a canal. What's the name of the canal, Mr. Oh, uh, please, I
11: told you, the Panama Canal. Oh, I use that perfume.
10: Perfume? Canal
11: number
2: five. Canal
11: number of... uh, Here is the next question. Now, see if we can get little results with this one. If I if I had four apples and someone gave me two bananas, how many apples will I have?
9: Mr. Howard, Mr. Howard, may I venture an opinion? Certainly. I think that's a very foolish question. Well,
11: now, there's a very encouraging sign. Why do you think it's foolish? Because you can't add bananas to apples and I get mean, apples. No.
10: Certainly not.
11: When you add apples to bananas, you get fruit salad.
10: Fruit salad. <laughs>
2: Besides, where are you going to get bananas these days?
9: Answer me that. That's beside the point. Oh, so that's it. You're evading the question,
10: are you? Yeah, how do you like that? Suppose we invaded your question. Look, the question
2: is... Where are you going to get bananas these days? That is not the question.
10: Oh, yes, it is. Just because you can't answer, don't say it isn't the question. I heard Miss McConnell's question.
9: You're quite right, Mr. Sheldon. That was Miss McConnell's question. Certainly. If you can't answer it, Mr. Howard, come out like a man and say so. But we're not interested in Miss McConnell's question. Speak for yourself, John Alden. No. I, for one, am definitely interested in Miss McConnell's
10: question. I agree with you, Mr. McNaughton. I think Miss McConnell's question is the most fascinating question I've heard all week. Yes. <laughs> don't you think. Don't you think so, Miss McConnell?
2: What was the question? uh what... <laughs> I haven't helped the sailors on a night like this. Look, the question is, where are you going to get bananas to eat? Wait a minute. That's a good question. That's a good question. Don't thought that up? That is not the question. That is...
10: Oh, so now you're going to change it.
11: Too hard for you to answer,
10: huh?
9: Uh,
11: Isn't that just like him, you know? Right.
9: Suppose we did that. Yeah.
11: Look, the question is, how long is the Panama Canal? Wait a minute. <laughs>
10: You've got me
9: in an awful state here. What's the name of the state, Mr. Hart? <laughs>
10: Maybe he's in Florida.
9: Oh, Maine, you know, is very nice this time of year. Oh, please,
10: I'm going nuts. You're going nuts? Oh, I think you'll like it up there.
2: (laughs) Too many mosquitoes. Yeah, and the food is terrible. I see.
9: So, Mr. Howard, tell me, why don't you go up to Martha's Vineyard? You'll Uh, like Martha. Lovely girl.
11: (laughs) Will you please make some attempt to answer the question? If I had four apples and someone gave me two bananas, how many apples will I have?
2: Where are you gonna get
11: bananas these? Uh, these guys are in a rut. I'm glad they got out of that
5: one. This is the worst thing
11: yet. again. Ain't that all? Ladies and gentlemen, this is the first say what is it? Now we come to that part of the program where we ask the studio audience to help us out. We have invited two members of the audience up here on the stage. Well, who is our first guest this evening, Mr. Roberts?
0: Our first guest, Mr. Howard, is Cox and Roger Beard of the United States Navy.
11: Good evening, sir. We're glad you came up. Takes courage to face these three vacant minds we have here. Where are you from? Would you care to tell us? That I'm, is, where's your hometown?
10: I'm from Minneapolis, Minnesota.
11: Minneapolis, Minnesota. <laughs> Great town. Minneapolis, Minnesota. That's mm. right. Well, put
10: soap in my mouth and call me Bubbles. Uh-huh. You know, I used, to work, I used to work in that town. Uh-huh. Yeah, I was a sculptor in a restaurant. Oh, I say, You uh, you were a sculptor in a restaurant? Yeah, I used to chisel my meals.
9: (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. All right. You know, uh, know, Roger, I I I never forget the last war. They put me in 8F. Why did they put you in 8F? I had two sons in 4F. (laughs) You
11: I hope these morons are not annoying you, Walter. Would you tell us a little more about yourself? We're sort of interested.
2: Yeah, what's your first name, honey?
11: Rods. What? Rod. Rod. Rod, he Oh, Rod.
2: not that cute Yes, is He's a cute little kid, too, ain't he? All right, he's oh, a very nice boy. Oh, sure, is the sweetest peaches. All right. <laughs> well, you sweetest. can just call me
11: Jake. Yeah. Yeah, I'm one of the boys. You're one of the boys. <laughs> well, whichever one of the boys you are, he isn't going to like it. <laughs> Will you pick a question out of the hat for us, uh, Roger, please? And would you be kind enough to read the question if you don't mind?
1: What are shoe trees used
9: for? Oh, very good. What are shoe trees used for? Now there's
1: a good question.
9: Oh, indeed it is a good question, rather. I love questions about trees, you know. Oh. <laughs> yes, it brings out the woodsman in me. I see. It
11: also brings out the sap. <laughs> oh, <laughs> nice, nice, nice. <laughs> I'm talking about shoe trees I never knew shoes grew on trees I see uh, Miss McCann, with the proper diet And if you take real good care of yourself You have excellent chances of being a moron if you know <laughs> what I
2: mean? I'm not interested No No, I belong to too many lodges now All right Miss hey. <laughs> McCann, do you know what
11: a shoe tree is?
9: I'm afraid I don't, no <laughs> I'm a heel, and
5: I... Yeah, yeah, you
11: know <laughs> That goes without saying Mr. Sheldon, let me ask you a question. Go ahead. What do you put in your shoes when you take them off at night? Are you supposed to take your shoes off at night? (laughs) You know, speaking
10: of
9: speaking of shoes, I had a perfectly good pair of patent leather shoes, but they all cracked up on me. What happened to them? I don't know. I suppose the patent must have run out. The patent
2: must have run out. My old man bought a pair of police shoes the other day, but he don't like them. He don't like police shoes? No. Every time he puts them on, he... They pinch his feet.
9: They pinch his feet. Very, very funny, Miss McConnell. I, I bought my wife a pair of alligator shoes the other day.
11: Oh, my God, I didn't know alligators wore shoes.
2: No, 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 wait a minute.
11: Let's get on here. Mr. McNaughton means the shoes were made from alligators.
2: Boy, she must have big
5: feet.
2: Oh, no
11: You mean every time his wife wants a pair of shoes, they've got to kill an
10: alligator? No, no, that
9: isn't a thought. Well, have you known, Mr. Sheldon, my wife has very dainty feet. Yeah. Yes, but she puts them in the strangest places She puts them in the strangest (laughs) places Say, what
10: size shoes do you take, Miss McConnell?
2: Well, I take a six But seven feels so good, I buy an eight (laughs) You buy an (laughs) eight Well, I imagine eight
10: would feel better
2: Oh, yes, indeedy When I used to wear a seven, I had a corn on the top of my toe but now the corn is on the bottom of my foot.
9: Do you find that an improvement?
2: Oh, sure. Now, no one can step on it but me. No. <laughs> now, Kelly, please get back to the question. Can any
10: of you tell me what shoes trees are used for? Well, why don't you ask the man you bought them from? I didn't buy them. Well, where did you get them? Look, I haven't got any shoes. Then why do you care where they come from? <laughs> why don't you
2: mind your own business? Yeah. All right, never mind.
9: Cut it out. Mr. Howard, what was the question again, please?
2: Why can you buy bananas these days? That is not the question.
11: What is this? What's happening? Who is our next guest, Mr. Roberts?
0: Our next guest, Mr. Howard, is Staff Sergeant Mary Field of the Women's Army Corps. Oh <laughs>
11: How do you do, Miss Field? This is indeed a pleasure. We're very, very happy to have you with us.
9: Oh, very charming girl, isn't she, Mr. Howard? All right, she yeah, is, a brother. Charming girl. You know, it's girls like her that make me like girls like her. I see.
5: <laughs> very
11: killed. I wish you'd do me a favor, Mr. McNaughton, and stop embarrassing our guest here. Miss Fields pay no attention to them. They're beginning to get into their second childhood. Where, where is your hometown? Would you care to tell us? I certainly would. It's Cleveland, Ohio. Cleveland, Ohio.
8: That's a great town.
11: Been in Cleveland many, many times. You didn't happen to work in May's department store there, did you?
8: No, I didn't. That's but...
11: down on the square. Isn't I it? know. Yeah, yeah. I've been through there in the bargain basement many times. <laughs> uh, what are you doing in New York, may I ask? Are you visiting here or are you stationed here?
8: I'm stationed here.
11: Oh, I see. Recruiting. Oh, recruiting? Well, my, that's oh. swell. Are You uh, you like your work in the service?
8: Yes, I do. How long Very
11: you been? How long have you been in New York?
8: Uh, I have been in New York for a year and a half.
11: Oh, a year and a half! Then you've been around New York quite some.
8: That's how right. do you
11: compare the boys in New York with the boys in Cleveland? Or are you married? Maybe before? Are you? No, married? I'm
8: not married. Well, then
11: you can answer that question.
8: <laughs> <laughs>
11: what would you say? Well, that... most
8: of the boys from Cleveland are in New York, so that's all right. Oh. <laughs>
11: You don't mean by that you brought them with you. They just happen to be
8: they here. They just happen to be here. Well, that's
11: fine. Uh, have you met Marilyn Gardner yet?
8: No, I haven't. No. I'll tell you how you
9: can
10: meet him. If you
11: see a big hat walking around, just look on <laughs>
9: <laughs> Would you care to tell us, uh, Mr.... You no, know, I, I just got a postcard from a girl in Chicago. Yeah? You... What'd she say? Oh, I don't know. There's no writing on it. No writing on it? No. Well, you see, she's not speaking to me. Oh. Oh. <laughs>
10: I just got a letter the other day from an old girl of mine here. Yeah? Boy, was she dumb. She used to sign her name with a cross. Uh-huh. Sign her name with a cross? Yeah, now she signs it with a circle. Really? Oh. How come? Huh? How come? Well, she got married. She changed her name Oh,
5: right. I... <laughs> 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 Miss
11: Mills, pay no attention. May I ask you, what did you do in Cleveland before you joined? Well, uh,
8: I did many things... Most of my time was spent in newspaper work, advertising oh, newspaper work.
11: Uh, advertising, what newspaper? You want to give it a plug?
8: Why, certainly, Cleveland Shopping News.
11: Oh, the uh, Cleveland what?
8: Shopping News. Oh, the
11: Cleveland Shopping News. I That's thought you right. said Shopping News. I can't hear very good, you know, at my age, you're, everything goes back on you. Well, we're, we're more than glad to, what do you intend to do after the war? Have you made any plans? That what? is any post-war plans. Is the... I'm
8: afraid to think about it. I think we should get this war over with first, and then think <laughs> well, about that. That's the very good. That's very
11: good. That—that is Miss Fields a very good thought. And I want to tell you, I've enjoyed my interview with you immensely. Now, I'm I gonna... love
2: her uniform.
11: Oh, you like her uniform. Oh,
2: she's swell. It's all with you, don't yeah. she? Yes. Yeah. Oh, that reminds me, I've I, I just got to borrow some kind of a costume.
11: A costume? Yeah.
2: yeah. yeah. I'm yeah. going to a masquerade tomorrow night. Uh huh. I don't know what to go
5: as.
11: I see. Why don't you tie a rope around your waist and go as two bales of hay? <laughs>
2: Why don't you put a rubber band around your head And go with me as a legend All right. Now,
11: there'd be no point in that Boy, well, she pretty much made a mark out of you She made a mark out of me I think you're right there, Mr. Sheldon Well, I think we'd like to have a, our good uh, friend here And guest to help us out by picking a question out of the dunce cap If she will Any question you get a hold of, and would you be kind enough, Miss Fields, to read the question for us, please?
8: How long is a half a mile racetrack? (laughs) Now, please.
11: Please, no help from the audience, please. How long is a half a mile racetrack? The question's about racetracks.
2: You know, I got on a horse last week.
9: How long was it? The horse? No, the racetrack.
2: I don't know, but I know the horse was long coming
5: in. I see.
10: Did you bet him on the nose?
2: No, I bet on the
5: whole horse. <laughs> Please,
11: let's get on here. I'm aqua- I'm afraid, Miss Fields, your question's going to take a little time. Will you offer Miss Fields a chair? I don't like to keep her standing there. Look, let's get on here with the, uh, with the question. Now, don't get away from it. How long is a half-mile racetrack?
2: i got to sit on a horse tomorrow. I'm going to bet my wad.
11: You're going to bet your wad? Yes. What are you going to have left to chew? Leave <laughs>
2: Leave it. Leave it. <laughs>
11: Will you leave that racing form alone and pay attention to the question? Do you ever bet on horses, Mister McNaughton?
9: Oh, rather, yes. You know, the last time I backed a horse, it cost me fifty dollars. Cost you fifty dollars? Yes, I backed him into a store window. <laughs> <laughs> name was very annoyed too. Never mind.
11: Let me tell you something. You guys are upsetting my gastric acidity here. Let's get on with the question, will you? Please. Oh boy! Oh
2: boy! Here's a horse I got to bet. Oh, he can't
11: lose Where have I heard that before? (laughs) What makes you so sure he can't lose?
2: Says here, he's starting at 20 to 1 But the race don't start until 1 (laughs) o'clock
5: Well, you
9: know, let me see now That gives him a 20-minute start, doesn't it? You ought to win in a walk. All right.
5: You know,
10: walk. I don't like those horses. Are supposed to win in a walk. No. When I bet on them, the other horses start running. All right. Look, huh, we have a guest
11: there. Now let us answer
2: the
9: question. Yeah, exactly. Answer the... What was the question, Mister Hart?
2: Where are you going to get bananas these days? <laughs> are you Will you forget about bananas?
9: Why? What's the matter with bananas? I
2: said nothing about
10: bananas. You certainly did. You said let's forget about bananas. Hey.
9: Don't you like bananas, Mister Hart? Oh,
11: I love bananas,
10: Mister
2: Well, Where are you going to get them?
11: The
5: question
11: is, how long is a half mile banana? I mean, wait a minute. I wonder what this is going to be. Dodge! I'm going to turn the thing into a funeral here any minute. What will happen with this horse? about time for us to put the dummies back in the trunk again before they get us all in the flurry here. Oh, I like that song. What
10: song? The flurry with the fringe on top. No, no, that's Surrey, Surrey. I
2: don't know, Mr. Howard. Surrey is an Indian dish, like the chicken Surrey or lamb no, Surrey. No, no, or... no,
11: no, that's
10: Curry. Oh, there's another beautiful song, Curry Me Back to Old
9: Virginia. I
11: didn't say that. I said
10: Surrey,
9: Surrey, Surrey. Oh, that's all right, old oh boy. Don't apologize.
11: Look, look. A surrey, a surrey is a big old fashioned vehicle, square in the back with two skinny shafts sticking out of a big bulky body.
9: Now we're back to Miss McConnell again. Oh,
11: but no music, please. Well, there you are, folks. It's time to say good night for Harry McNaughton, Lulu McConnell, George Sheldon, Al Trace and his band. This is Tom Howard saying good night and good nonsense.
0: This is the Armed Forces Radio Service.
3: And that's It Pays to Be Ignorant from August 11th, 1944. It's heard on CBS with Ken Roberts announcing. Ken Roberts was the longtime announcer on The Shadow on the Mutual Network. So here he was on CBS. I guess he got to bounce around and do uh, announcing on different networks like you do, Lisa. All about. your different, uh, sh- <laughs> all the different radio shows you're co-host on, and yeah, it's hard to keep track. All your actually. movie roles and television. Yeah, I'm and, already confused just thinking about it. You know, it. and all your uh, samba dancing classes and yeah, all the things. It's you It's a do. lot. Yeah, I know you're a busy gal. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, it's more of Hollywood 360. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. Next time, it's the adventures of Philip Marlowe from 1949. Then Art link letter proves that people are funny. That's next time, right here on Hollywood 360. We'll see you then.